Wow. Michigan at the 41. What a hit! Ball's free on the ground. South Carolina deserves to have it, and they do. Cloudy just says, I'll take care of business right here. You give me this long to catch my breast, I'll come off the ball and rock you and get it right back for our offense. Well, you're going to make some mistakes in the course of a football game, but don't make a mistake against Jadavian Clowney. He'll ruin your day. We've got Alex Smith back with us, Fox Sports Spartanburg. And Alex, I called you because I think Gamecock Central is doing something really fun, which is an all-time greatest Gamecock bracket. But when you do this, and you've done brackets like this, right? You did like pro wrestling tag teams or something up there at Fox Sports Spartanburg? Yes, we've done things like this, uh, and the, the greatest wrestler of all time, the greatest wrestling tag teams. We've had a lot of fun with these uh, with these brackets, and especially now uh, with no actual sports taking place. Yeah, so this great idea from GamecockCentral.com. So I, I urge everybody, go over there. It's on the Fighting Gamecocks forum. It's free to vote and have some fun with it and do what we're going to do, which is is debate how they're doing it um, or, or the choices they've made. I actually like the way they're doing it. They have four brackets, a football bracket, although all right, I'm, I'm actually going to change my mind about that. But anyway, they have a football bracket, a basketball bracket, a baseball bracket, and then other sports. And I'm actually going to change my mind about that. I think it might have been more fun to actually mix everything up because then you would have been comparing, say, Alshon Jeffrey to B.J. Mackey. And that would have been some debate, because then you're having to cross sports through all these brackets. But anyway, I don't run Fighting Gamecocks Forum. So uh, they, they do it the way they want, and Colin Taylor and the guys over there at Gamecock Central are doing a great job. And that's why we're, we're using it, because I think it's a fun idea. And, and, and I'll tell you what it really gives me insight into, Alex, is... The way I remember players at South Carolina versus the way other people remember players. Like, I, it's funny that I, I think through the prism of time, there are occasions where I remember a guy better than you do or vice versa. Or I, I remember somebody that I thought was overrated and then I hear someone else praise them because they happened to be at a game where he did something extraordinary. So, I, I, you know, sometimes Gamecock fans get on the same page about things like we all like Connor Shaw, but sometimes we're at odds with each other. And this really reveals that. Yeah, this is very interesting. I was looking at these brackets. Uh, some of the first round seedings maybe I don't agree with, uh, but everybody that has moved on to round two uh, I, I'm mostly in agreement with, but it is interesting, But uh, especially for me, being my age, where I was born just after George Rogers had left South Carolina. So I never got to see him play live, but the stories I've heard through, through, through my father, through actually some of George Rogers' former teammates that ended up coaching me in basketball later on, it's just really interesting. You get a different point of view when somebody was actually on the field. And, and you know, I've heard the stories and seen the highlights, but to hear it from somebody's mouth, who was in the huddle gives a whole different point of view. That's right. So let's go through these a little bit. Um, I'm going to start, I guess we'll start, it's, it's easier for everybody to wrap their minds around it, you know, since it's, you know, it's a podcast, it's not pictured. If I go, it, we'll, we'll go in uh, numerical order starting at the top, with the top seed, number one seed. 
and that is George Rogers, who knocked off Steve Tannehill in the first round at, 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 as a 16 seed. Steve Tannehill's not a 16 seed. That's that's really that's where I'm going to take issue with some of what's going on in this bracket is Steve Tannehill, I think, is one of the 10 best football players to ever play at South Carolina. Most productive. Again, you have to we almost have to define what we mean. Steve Tannehill was probably not going to be a great NFL quarterback, even if he'd really had that opportunity. Uh, He wasn't built for that in the way some other guys were. But in terms of what he did at South Carolina, the numbers, uh, the impact that he made, uh, turning a season around in his freshman year, victories over Clemson, I, I think kind of an impact. He's not not greater than George Rogers, the only Heisman Trophy winner and, and leading rusher all time at South Carolina. But I hope the voting uh, reflected the fact that he's he's no 16 seed. He's no slouch. Yeah, that's a matchup that should have been saved for the Sweet 16 or Elite. There there you go. Really, without a doubt, is one of the three greatest quarterbacks at South Carolina. I don't don't think anybody has him outside their top three. And with what he did with the team he had around him, you know, Connor Shaw, the winningest quarterback, Steve Tannehill took that team to their first bowl victory, and he didn't have an elite defense. He didn't have a Marcus Lattimore in the backfield. It was really impressive and kind of – put South Carolina on the map a little bit. That's right. I I agree with all of that. And by the way, the guy who did play running back on that team, Brandon Bennett, is in this bracket. So we'll get to him in a second. But yes, okay, so George Rogers moves on in their their bracket. I think that's fine. And I said I'd go in numerical order. I guess I should go kind of by the bracket because who George Rogers will face next will be the winner of the eight and nine matchup, which is Tommy Suggs against Stephon Gilmore. All right, and Gilmore pulls the you know the mild upset, a nine over an eight, and I'll actually take issue with this one. I think I, I know that Gilmore wasn't All American, but I think and, and and now he's the best cornerback in the NFL. Okay, so I'm a Gilmore fan. <laughs> All right, so his resume is you know stacked. We we understand that, but I think the I think this is a, a case of being prisoners of recency bias mm-hmm. we all remember Gilmore most of us do not remember Tommy Suggs but as you just mentioned from people that this funnels down when you talk to people that saw Tommy Suggs play and the impact he had at South Carolina from people that remember seeing him in person and then remember how good South Carolina was don't forget he was the quarterback on the 1969 uh, ACC championship team he defeated Clemson three consecutive times back you know and it would have been four but Freshmen weren't eligible to play. He, I think he also won the freshman game over Clemson. Uh, he was a tremendous, just athletic quarterback. So I, Gilmore's a great player. But I actually think Suggs should have won this matchup. But I think it's a bit of a case of recency bias and the fact that Gilmore is now the best quarterback in the NFL. Yeah, I agree. This is definitely, you know, people are taking into account what he has done since he left South Carolina. Because if you look back to to his college days, yes, he was very good. Freshman All-American, All-SEC in his time there, drafted very high. And he's become a great uh, defensive back in the NFL, as you said, probably the best in the league now. But when you look at the impact he had as a Gamecock, I don't think it was as great as Tommy Suggs. Stephon Gilmore, again, was on that defense with all those other stars that have gone on to have successful NFL careers. 
he was probably the lowest rated of that string of Mr. Football South Carolina that South Carolina got. I would have Lattimore ahead of him. I would have Clowney ahead of him. He was a great player, but I don't think his impact at South Carolina was as great as Tommy Suggs. Well, now he draws George Rogers in the second round. So now you've got two guys, uh, you know, and don't forget what kind of NFL career George Rogers had, led the NFL in rushing his uh, freshman season, led the league in touchdowns on two occasions, made multiple pro, uh, pro Bowls. So Gilmore now NFL Defensive Player of the Year, but George Rogers had a great NFL career, and I don't think, I don't think Gilmore is going to pull the upset here. Yeah, I don't. I think George Rogers, the Heisman Trophy, the having his number retired, the the kind of success that he had when everyone knew he was getting the ball 30 times a game and he was still able to put up those numbers. I think Rogers is going to come away with this. It, it won't be an easy. I think it will be a victory nonetheless. All right, we'll take a quick break here on Locked On Gamecocks. This is so much fun. We've got Alex Smith, Fox Sports Spartanburg, joining us. We're debating GamecocksCentral.com's all-time greatest football players. Now, the whole bracket will take into account the all-time greatest Gamecocks, but we're going to focus on the football bracket today. Maybe we'll tackle the basketball bracket tomorrow, and you guys just stay with us. This is Locked On Gamecocks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. This is Locked on Gamecock. Smitty here with you. Got Alex Smith from Fox Sports Spartanburg. Uh, GamecockCentral.com doing something really fun where they have a uh, the best Gamecock of all time bracket going. Obviously, uh, this is a great time to do it. And we're all looking for, uh, you know, ways to debate and think about sports because it's a big part of our lives. Well, here's our chance to do it, and it's it's a great time to do it. Usually, these things are reserved for the summertime, but we've got the coronavirus outbreak, and it, I think this is actually a better time for it because by the time summer rolls around, we'll be talking about fall and an opening camp for football in the South Carolina Gamecocks depth chart. So I think this is a really good time to do it, and brackets are always fun. We went over uh, the one seed George Rogers in the first round and Stephon Gilmore uh, upsetting uh, Tommy Suggs in the first round. So those two will, ma- will match up as we go down the bracket. The 512, you always got to watch out for the 12 seed, right? There's pesky oh, yeah. 12 seeds. Oh, yeah. Alshon Jeffrey defeated Brandon Bennett by voting in the first round. Uh, Bennett was an awesome player, a great running back on that team that won the first bowl game in Gamecocks history. But to me, Alshon Jeffrey, uh, I mean, to me, his, his numbers are not only stunning, uh, what he was able to accomplish at South Carolina, but also the fact that he made so many big plays and big moments, including Clemson, and then that that win over number one Alabama. Uh, Stephen Garcia shined in that game, but Alshon Jeffrey just embarrassed Nick Saban's defensive backs. Yeah, he most certainly did, and he did that to a lot of people. That stretch he had from the second half of his freshman season and then all the way through his sophomore year was so impressive. Uh, I mean, he just made great catch after great catch. Uh, the the one-handed against Alabama that he was being interfered with uh, is one of the great plays in all of Carolina history. And that's one of the things you have to take into account. It's not just the numbers. It's not just the accolades. What were their moments? What were these players? What did they do that really sticks out in your mind? And, and Alshon, Jeffrey, Alshon Jeffrey definitely sticks out in my mind with the game he had against Alabama that day. Oh, yeah, and the catch over Nebraska, too. Oh, yeah, at halftime, the Hail Mary. Oh, yeah. unbelievable. Unreal. 
He made a lot of those grabs. So Alshon Jeffrey, he moves on here. That I think that's the right call from the voters there. Uh, the next matchup, a 4-13, Marcus Lattimore, a four seed. Oh. Yeah, that's tough. That's low. tough. That feels low, but you got to wait until you hear number three and number two are. But feels low, but he knocks off Eric Norwood, who for a long time was the leader in sacks at South Carolina. And, of course, he had the big game over Ole Miss when uh, Williams Bryce went absolutely bananas when they knocked off fourth-ranked uh, fourth Ole Miss. But, again, probably the right call here. Marcus Lattimore, hard to believe he's a four-seed. Obviously, he'd be higher without the injuries. You have to take some of that into account. But when you talk about the impact, what somebody meant to a program and how he became the face of South Carolina Gamecock football, even after he left to a lot of the country, they think of Gamecock football, they think of Marcus Lattimore. Uh, he's just a big hit with everybody. He, he really is. And one of the things that is so impressive to me about Lattimore is South Carolina football almost feels like pre-Lattimore commitment and post-Lattimore commitment. It feels like two different football programs that he single-handedly almost changed the culture and they were able to get the guys like Gilmore, like Clowney to come there. And the way he was the best player on the team and the hardest worker was something that was just really, really special. We talk about moments and Alshon Jeffrey with those great catches and plays against Alabama. Uh, Marcus Lattimore had a three-and-a-half-hour moment against Georgia his freshman year that is one of the most impressive games I have ever seen from a running back in the SEC. We, we mentioned Rodgers will probably be moving on to the Sweet 16. How about this second-round matchup? Now it's Marcus Lattimore against Alshon Jeffrey. And I think there is an argument to be made that Jeffrey had the better collegiate career just because he was on the field. But in terms of impact, it's hard to imagine. I mean, like Marcus Lattimore had that game in his freshman season against Georgia where he almost single-handedly defeated them, or he was certainly he was single-handedly the biggest reason they defeated Georgia and, and ran Mark Rick's team out of the building. But Alshon Jeffrey had plenty of big moments himself. Uh, I, I think Lattimore is going to take this, and it, it, in large part because of what running backs mean versus how they impact games versus how wide receivers impact games. But this one, to me, is actually pretty close. Yeah, th this one is neck and neck. I mean, they both were on those great teams South Carolina had. Uh, I mean, I think Lattimore would win this handily had he not suffered those injuries. I mean, he was having an outstanding sophomore season on pace for over 1,000 yards and close to 20 touchdowns again uh, before he got injured. This is going to be very, very close. I think Lattimore will take it, but I think this is, this is going to be probably the closest of all the matchups in this round. Well, we've got two quarterbacks going in the next matchup. Uh, Connor Shaw as a sixth seed in my opinion, the best quarterback in, in Gamecock history against someone that a lot of other people have named as the best Gamecock, in, uh, Gamecock quarterback in, in school history, including Dr. Rick Sanford, who played with this guy, Jeff Grants, uh, a two-sports star, uh, was you know a, a great, great quarterback in the late 70s for South Carolina. Um, and obviously the numbers, you know, back then they didn't throw the football as much, but Grants was a winner and also somebody who could move the, the chains with his legs. And then you've got Connor Shaw, who is the all-time winningest quarterback in Gamecock history. And come on, the performances just against Clemson 
just against Clemson. I, it's hard for me to believe he's as low as a six seed. Hard for me to believe Grants is as low as an 11 seed, but somebody has to be there. But Connor Shaw moves on in this one. And as good as Grants was, and, and, and maybe this is my own recency bias, I just have Connor Shaw ranked so highly and is as a clear-cut best quarterback in school history. Yeah, I, I'm right right there with you on that. Connor Shaw, the, the thing that remembers that sticks out in my mind about Connor Shaw is his play on third down. I, I've never seen anything like it in South Carolina history. Third and third and medium, third and short, third and long. He's going to make the throw. He's going to make the run. He came up clutch so many times. You mentioned against Clemson how outstanding he was. The game against Missouri when he was hurt and came off the bench and completed, I believe, 20 of 21 passes that night or something insane. I mean, he, it, for me, is is the greatest quarterback in South Carolina history. Never lost a game at home. 27 and 5 as a starter should be 28 and 5 because he should get that Missouri win even though he didn't start that game. And I think this is the right call for Connor Shaw to, to move on in this situation. We, we talked about Marcus Lattimore potentially being low as a four seed. Well, one of the reasons he is that low is because Sterling Sharp is a three seed. Yeah, Sterling Sharp, not in the Pro Football Hall of Fame, but there's certainly an argument to be made that he should be. And we went on to the NFL. He set the record for most receptions in a season on multiple occasions. So uh, it made, I believe, five Pro Bowls in seven full seasons in the NFL. Um, and then, of course, but what we're doing is we're talking about impact at South Carolina. He was the key to that run and shoot under Joe Morrison. Uh, you know, he and Ryan Bethay and Todd Ellis, you know, should uh, should probably call Sterling Sharp every few weeks. Just say, hey, thanks for, you know, making people remember me. Because Ellis was a good player, but Sterling Sharp was a stud. And he was the one, it, it, you know. Again, through the cobwebs of time, we forget things like this. He was the one that when South Carolina would have a big game on television, uh, you know, against Clemson or, or against Miami, you know, that he was the face. He was Sterling Sharp and the Gamecocks will take on Miami or LSU or Clemson or whatever it may be. Um, and that's, that's how well regarded he was. He was an All-American. He also returned kicks at South Carolina. That's why he's a three seed. Uh, the numbers are also terrific, especially since it was before the real pass-happy era. He helped, he helped guide that in. And anyway, I, I say all that. Dell Wilkes is a 14 seed. The Patriot, who was an All-American at South Carolina as a safety as well. Uh, the Patriot, who went on to be a wrestler. So much fun. Um, and Dell Wilkes was a great, great football player. But what a mismatch here. Sterling Sharp is a three seed. That that's, seems low. Yeah, Sterling Sharp, for NFL players that I've ever watched, is probably a three-seed on wide receivers. I mean, he was amazing at South Carolina. He went on to a great career with the Packers. Uh, he kind of – he really was, as you mentioned, the star. You know, not every game was televised back then the way it is today with all the media outlets and everything, and he was. He was the main attraction for that South Carolina team, and he had an excellent uh, career both in college and the NFL. Well, and so in the next round – Second round to advance to the Sweet 16, it's Sterling Sharp against Connor Shaw. Holy cow. So that's a tough one because on one hand, you've got – listen to the praise I'm heaping on these two guys. So you've got what I believe probably the second best player 
in Gamecock history in Sterling Sharp for me against who I believe is the best quarterback in Gamecock history. This, so who would you pick? Who who have you got? Oh so you God. we you and I have got Rodgers and Lattimore moving to the uh, Sweet Sixteen. We both agree with that. Sterling Sharp against Connor Shaw. This is the most difficult pick. I, I, maybe I thought Lattimore and Alshon was going to be tough. This may be even tougher. Uh, I'm I'm leaning Connor Shaw on recency bias, but I don't know how I can say somebody is a better Gamecock than Sterling Sharp. I'm not sure that I can feel comfortable saying that out loud. Yeah, me either. I, I might change my mind on this. I'm going Sharp, but I could see myself even changing my mind but I just Sterling Sharp. Here's here's why he's so good. You know, you I, I know what Shaw accomplished. But then if I look at Sterling Sharp, I'm like, so you're going to tell me somebody's better than he is at football? <laughs> exactly. You know what I mean when it comes down to it? Isn't that what we're arguing? I don't know. It's actually the greatest Gamecock, and there's a lot of argument to be made that Connor Shaw has done as much for South Carolina football as anybody because of those string of uh, 11 win seasons. And, and the victories, including the bowl victories and the Clemson victories. So I suppose that's an argument. But it's just. But if we're talking just strictly football, uh, I think Sterling Sharp is the superior player. But, again, uh, position has to play into this. And Connor Shaw is the greatest quarterback in, in South Carolina history. So you and I, let, let's for now, we'll call that a tie. And then we'll just have to revisit it. Uh, also, Steve Wadiak, one of the all-time great, number 37, one of the all-time great players in Gamecock history. He's a seven-seed uh, he had all the rushing records before Joe, George Rogers came around, and he's against 10 seed Melvin Ingram and the GamecockCentral.com Fighting Gamecocks Forum voters have Melvin Ingram in the upset. Again, this is unfortunate for Wadiak. I want to defend somebody that has so many great numbers uh, and did so much for the Gamecock football program. I think the real travesty here is Melvin Ingram being ranked as lowly as a 10 seed. Yeah, that feels a little low. Ingram, probably the second most notable defensive lineman to ever come out of South Carolina, and he had an outstanding career, was named All-SEC, All-American uh, along that defensive line. He was the reason Clowney didn't start as a freshman. That's how good of a football player he was. The whole world was all about Jadavian Clowney, and Melvin Ingram kept him from starting his freshman year uh, and, and talk about moments. How about Ingram and, and the fake punt against the Georgia Bulldogs for the touchdown? One of the most athletic football plays I've ever seen, much less from anybody 270-plus pounds. I love Melvin Ingram, and I love everything he did in a Gamecock uniform. I agree. All-American, too. So, Steve Wadiak, there's a lot, a lot of people that saw him play that say he's terribly underrated. But I think Melvin Ingram, equally underrated, especially as a 10 seed in this bracket. So, I've got Ingram moving on. The, the, the voters agree. They've got Ingram. And he's the highest seed to move on. The only double-digit seed on the uh, in the football bracket to move on. And lastly, we go to the bottom of the bracket. Jadavian Clowney against, and that's the two seed against 15th seeded Debo Samuel. I, 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 you said earlier you've got Sterling Sharp as a three seed in an NFL bracket. I agree with that. And in what world I, is Debo Samuel a 15 seed after what he accomplished at South Carolina? Yeah, that's, that's a little bit hard to understand. Uh, the way he affected the game, catching the ball, running the ball, returning kicks, everything he did. And, and when he got hurt, you saw – 
what a different team South Carolina was when he wasn't on the field. Like that's one of the things you have to take into account. As great as Lattimore was, South Carolina was good enough to still find success without him. When Debo went out, the Gamecocks were just I mean, they were miserable to watch. It was it was almost no fun. They were a completely different football team. Oh, you're you're so right. I think had Debo been a part of the end of the Spurrier era, not the not the very end, but the <laughs> the the, the, the kind of that golden era with the three consecutive 11-win seasons and the bowl victories. I think if Debo's a part of those teams, there's no way he's a 15 seed. I'm very surprised that he's remembered this way. Um, I, 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 I'm, I'm Honestly, I'm shocked that he's as low as a 15 seed. Now, Javian Clowney, all-time leader in sacks at South Carolina. The thing about Clowney, I think the impact is greater than the numbers. You have to go beyond the numbers for Jadavian Clowney. You talked about uh, the importance of, of signing Lattimore. Also, Jadavian Clowney, one of the all-time great prospects in college football history. And, you know, when they talk about who are the best signings of all time, Clowney to South Carolina is, is ranked as one of the best signings that a college has ever gotten to get somebody to sign on the dotted line. So, Clowney's interesting. There's all of this mixed, you know, baked in there. The the fact that the freak he was physically, the prospect, the the game against Taj Boyd when he owned Taj Boyd. Uh, I believe he had four sacks in that game. Four and a half sacks. In one four game. and a half sacks in one That's game. Record, yes. Yeah, and then the fact that you know even the NFL scouts were drooling over him. All of that baked in, and it seems like Debo just continues to overcome things. He just wasn't that highly recruited. Well, he was a star at Chapman High School. Then, you know, he wasn't that highly thought of right away at South Carolina. Well, he just became a star there. And then, uh, well, some people, some teams passed on him in the NFL draft. And what did he do? He just became a stud with the 49ers and helped lead them to the Super Bowl. So he just kind of keeps overcoming. And I think sometimes when we talk about him, we we don't fully appreciate what kind of player he is. I, I'm just, I'll say this. He's no 15 seed in any bracket, whatever we're talking about. If it has anything to do with football, he's not a 15 seed. So I'm okay with Clowney moving on here as the all-time leader in sacks at South Carolina and what he was able to accomplish. And, seem, and Samuel had so many injuries and missed so much time with the Gamecocks. So I'm okay with Clowney moving on, but I don't feel like this was a two against a 15. This is more like Duke against Villanova. This is not a two, a traditional two against 15. 15 matchup. Debo Samuel is no, you know, he's no Belmont uh, coming in here. Yeah, it's hard for me to think of Debo as an underdog in the opening round like that. I I agree with Clowney moving on, uh, but Debo Samuel, he's got to be an 11, 12 seed at worst. I I don't agree with the seeding here. Yeah, I think he's one of the the 10 best uh, football players to ever play at South Carolina. But, um, okay. Gamecock Central doesn't agree, but you know what? They have a hard job. What did we say? We said about half of them were underrated. So at some point, somebody has to be somewhere. Uh, So I understand that. Maybe we'll reach out to them and talk to them about this because this is so much fun. So now your second round matchups, George Rogers against Stephon Gilmore. You and I both think Rogers will move on. Alshon Jeffrey against Marcus Lattimore. You and I both think Lattimore will move on. Uh, Connor Shaw against Sterling Sharp. We're split there. Everybody, I think, will be split. I think that's going to be a tight, mm-hmm. tight matchup. And this one, how about this? Jadevian Clowney and Melvin Ingram. And I'm actually going to say something here. We'll see what kind of pushback we get. I think Ingram was a better player at South Carolina than Clowney was. Just If you're just looking at production, I know what Clowney meant. I know how often he, he got double teamed. I know that he moved inside oftentimes on third down with the rabbit package. 
I know he's the all-time leader in sacks. I thought Ingram was the better college player. I am hesitantly going to agree with that because for me, again, it's about production. Clowney had a lot of great plays, but he had a lot of plays that he, you know, didn't go 100%. Not as many of those stick out in my mind as Melvin Ingram. But again, Clowney teams, Ingram had a lot of success because of the team's game planning for Jadavian Clowney. So this one, again, is going to be very, very difficult, I think, for the fans to choose. All right. Well, now, so I, I mentioned the second round, but we both agree Clowney's going to move on, right, when when people yeah. vote on this. It's when, kind when of like... all said and done, Clowney will move on. Right. When you talk politics, it's not always about who the best man for the job or woman for the job is. It's who you think is going to win, right? And you, you kind of can you can predict that um, in off, oftentimes. And Clowney's just built for this. And as a matter of fact, I think he's... I can't believe this. I'm, I'm being hard on Clowney who is one of the all-time great Gamecocks, one of the all-time great prospects, one of the all-time great signings, one of the all-time great draftees, went number one in the NFL draft. Um, but I think impact as a Gamecock on the field, I don't think he's going to end up coming out of this bracket. When it's all said and done, who's it going to be? Is it going to be George Rogers, Clowney, Lattimore, Sharp? Who's going to win this? Oh, that's tough. I, I, I've got a feeling it's going to be Lattimore and George Rogers. W- one of those two, I think, is going to come out of this. Uh, but if if Clowney comes away with it, I would not be shocked. I'd agree, but I would. Di- I, I agree with what you're saying about the prediction. I disagree if he does come out. Honestly, if we're just talking college, I think it's got to be George Rogers. Exactly. The, Heis- the Heisman Trophy truly stands out. And it's back to the same old, same old. Lattimore won't win this because of the injuries. When you dig into the numbers, he missed so many games and it cost him so much production on the field. And that's just going to be, that's just the only, the only black mark in his life. Uh, He is a successful uh, person on and off the field, a wonderful human being from right there up where you are in Spartanburg County. But I think the injuries, those two devastating injuries will keep him from coming out of this bracket. I agree. If you add another 10 games to Marcus Lattimore's career, I I think he's probably got all the rushing records, all the scoring records, and I think he would be hands down the favorite in this. But again, you have to take into account being on the field is part of your career. 